Is there a sneaky Chargers running back you should take a long look at in your playoff challenge lineups? Should you be grabbing a Bears receiver for your roster in the competition? And what would our lineups look like if Dave and I were submitting entries into the contest? Plus, the 2018 FFPC Terminator runner-up Joe Conti dropped by the show to talk about his four Football Guys titles and his main event league championship and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to go. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another, and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man Thanks down. so much, Rob. Boy, Greetings and salutations, each and every one of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, The Dizzle. Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll discuss the Antonio Brown situation and give you some tips and picks for the FFPC Playoff Challenge launching tomorrow afternoon. Plus, the 2018 Terminator runner-up Joe Conti will be here shortly to discuss when he starts his prep for next year and why 2018 was so successful, yet bittersweet for him as well. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post all the questions and comments you might have for us in there as the show goes on. On Twitter, we are at HSFFOR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. You can post on Facebook.com slash HSFFOR. 347-426-3682 is the phone number. 347-426-3682-347. Game over. You can also email the show at the inbox. Football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for Joe, now's the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all of uh, the chat room questions, the tweets, the emails uh, later on in the show. Uh, and our producer mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer Bryce, reminding me right now that Dave and I will actually be um, giving you what our lineups would look like in the FFPC Playoff Challenge. That's what we're going to close the show with tonight. And speaking of closing, Dave, the, uh, the, the time is running out on the, to sign up for the Playoff Challenge. I believe, are we under 300 teams remaining, 300 entries left? 297, 297 teams remaining in the competition. That is, that means almost, <clears throat> excuse me, that's almost 4,000 teams have already signed up. So you can get an idea of how fast they're going. Uh, by the time, if you're listening to this tomorrow morning or, you know, early afternoon, it's probably sold out by then. So if you want to play playoff fantasy football, now is the time to get in. Well, we will, we will have those 20-man mini. Oh, hey, oh, I don't hey, know if we will. We can announce those. Well, are we announcing them right now before the contest sells out? Bulky. Look, Balky, it's going to sell out. We're going to announce it now. Balky, look, it's going to sell out. We can announce it now. All right, so once that does sell out, we will once again be bringing back those 20-team. Uh, it's the FFPC Playoff Challenge minis. 
uh, you can uh, sign up for those. Now, remind me, Dave, those are also $200 a team, and first place in those gets a couple thousand? Is that yep, what it was? Two grand. Two grand. And I think second is a thousand, and third is 400. Fourth is your fire. And fourth is your guest. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of steak knife. Yeah, instead of steak knife. Well, that's don't fourth say that. Was, fourth was your fire. Okay, there you go. Uh, so uh, that you can check that out at myffpc.com slash playoff challenge. Uh, $200,000 grand prize, $750,000 in the prize pool, $200 entry as well. And again, for the Playoff Challenge Mini, it's the same idea. Ten-player lineup, one player per team, and you have to register tomorrow because the NFL playoffs start tomorrow. If you are looking for tips, you know, Bourbon City Ballers is in the chat room uh, right now, and he already said that he's changed his Playoff Challenge lineup about a 1,000 times. Can't decide which way he wants to go. If you're looking for some strategy, looking for some tips, rotoviz.com slash podcast this week, and you can check out Tejas Badawala and Harshal Chef. They are the uh, 2015-16 Playoff Challenge winners. $100,000 they won for that. Dave, uh, I'm bearing the lead a little bit here. They have four top 20 finishes in this contest uh, in their history, so they definitely know what they're doing here. Yeah, and uh, we talked to them. I got a chance to, to talk to them, and, and uh, they, they spilled the beans on a couple of sleepers in there, too, which we may or may not get into tonight. Uh, but that is... Why do you uh, feel like that? Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if we're going to... If the conversation is going to be... Okay, I'll give you one of them. Uh, I, I, not right now, but when it comes <laughs> later on <laughs> in the show, it will come up naturally, and I'll tell you who one of their sleepers uh, was, and then to hear the rest, you have to download it. All right, so that's what's going on there. Let's get to tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been very patient here, and I want to get him on... Uh, for sure. He uh, made Barry Sanders his first fantasy draft pick in the early 1990s. He's been playing at the high stakes level for the last decade and a half. He was the 2010 FFPC Bare Knuckle Challenge champion. He's added more titles to his resume this year, including four FPC league titles, one main event league championship, as well as coming up just short as the second place finisher in this year's Terminator tournament. Please welcome on to the show, Mr. Joe Conti. Joe, happy new year to you, man. Hey guys, happy new year to you. How you doing? We're doing good. Excited to have you on tonight. I don't, I don't know if this is this isn't necessarily fantasy football news, but you you know we had exchanged a few emails prior to the show, and your cousin, yes. actually the new prime minister of Italy, which is shocking. <laughs> I know. God help us all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I can just say he, in true Conti fashion, he's not a socialist. Oh, there you yeah, go. That's Not a socialist. So do you see it elected, or is, is it like an appointment position, or how does that work? No, oh, he's elected. Yeah. So, um, so now he, you know, I've never met him, but he's he's uh, very close in the family. So I plan to uh, go over there and see what kind of favors he can do me. Yeah, no exactly. rolling up the uh, red carpet over there for you. Uh, Show some time property on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, <laughs> there's nothing to rent in Tuscany, Dave. Everything in touch. Yeah, those villains are always booked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't even try. Yes, uh, all right, Joe, we, we want to get into fantasy football here uh, in a second, but tell us what you do for a living when, you are, when you're not playing uh, high-stakes fantasy football. Um, I'm what you call a bean counter. I'm a CPA here in uh, Silicon Valley, where it's actually There's a lot of beans right now. out there. A lot of beans. Is it really? That's what, where all the what, money what, is. What, 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 in the world. Yeah, no kidding. What's the temperature in Silicon Valley right now if it's freezing? I'm telling you, uh, Balky, it's freezing. It got down to 32 degrees last night, which I know in Wisconsin wow, that's called summer. In Wisconsin that's called summer, yeah. I guess. But That's nice. Uh, yeah, that's shorts cool. weather up here for sure. <laughs> Balky and shorts. Wow. Nice, nice, nice image. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's trust me, it's not a pretty sight. Dave, let's save us from this conversation before we we get into more of my chalky white skin uh, thighs. <laughs> anyway, Joe, uh, so Eric, yeah, you told me you came very close to winning Terminator this year. You didn't really give me all the details. You came up a little bit short. Can you tell us the story as to what happened to your squad the last few weeks of the season? Wow. You know, this is still a fresh wound, guys. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, like let's therapy. open it up. It feels like therapy or an intervention or something. But um, you know, mo- mo- if anybody's listening, they're probably going to think I'm crazy. But, you know, there's there's like this curse that follows me around sometimes in these big events. And, you know, honestly, uh, I'm going to tell you, honestly, as of today, I don't I don't even know the final results of that of the Terminator. I stopped looking. I think it was week 15. I checked, you know, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with fantasy football, actually. So I checked in about week nine and on the overall, and I was pretty, I think there was one team ahead of me there, cocktails and uh, something. And, uh, you know, so and then I went on a run, and by week 13, by the time the regular season was over, I was about 200 points ahead of the next team. So I thought, you know, I was getting a little cocky. I thought, oh, you know, that, that's good. But when you average the points, I think that's then you start off with maybe a 20 point, you know, start with week 14. And in week 14, I put up 240, and then I got real cocky. And I wow. thought, you know, I've got a, I've got a 50 point lead. I was averaging 200 points a week, and then I uh, got a little cocky. And then things started happening. I started losing all my <laughs> running backs. I lost. Uh, First was on Johnson, and I was really deep at running back. I lost him. I lost James Conner. Uh, and then the, the real kicker was I decided to drop my other running backs and just go with two, which was Aaron Jones and uh, Zeke. And then, of course, week 15, I think it was week 15, yeah. So week 15, all hell broke loose. Uh, Aaron Jones goes out. I lose him. Not not only is he out, he goes out in the very first quarter. So I, I think I picked up a big fat yeah. zero for that spot. All right. Yeah. So, um, and I had just dropped another running back. So th- that backfired on me. And then I started see- seeing things like uh, like Derrick Henry, who, who's been a stiff for most of the year in fantasy football, all of a sudden put up like 47 points. And I thought, this is odd. You know, this is, you know, starting to get a little strange there. So, um, and then, then I, you know, just felt like, man, I don't even want to see this, what's going on. So I just let it go. And I put up after putting up 200 points a week, I think I had a 111 that week. Oh, and I thought, I'm, yeah, I thought I'm done, you know? So, um, and other things, uh, I th- you know, I think Mahomes was cooling off a little bit. I- I'm not sure, but so I, I don't even know where I, fin- I finished. The only reason I knew that I finished somewhere near the top is, I was trying to get in the playoff uh, contest here, and I noticed my account had some more dollars in it, So, and that was the Terminator, so I guess I finished it. Joe, well, honestly, more I, I'm not telling yeah. you. <laughs> that was great. I like to live in denial. I don't even look. I don't want to see. I don't know who won it, but he's a bastard. And uh, No, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's lucky. It, but... <laughs> Joe, you know, I, I, so, I'll, tell you, um, I'll tell you this. If it makes you feel better, um, I'm, just, I'm just looking at, at Chad Schroeder, one of his tweets um, coming up after uh, week 15. Uh, he, he tweeted a picture of his last three drops in the Terminator, 
and he dropped Robbie Gould in week 13, and Gould went off for 20-plus points. He drops Derrick Henry in week 14 when Henry put up, you know, 40-plus, almost 50 points that week. Yeah, and then the following week, he dropped Mike Williams, who I believe had three touchdowns that week, including a rushing one. So that was that's yeah. about you can't get you can't get much worse than that. I don't know if that makes you feel better about it at all, but you are not alone in in uh, in in being cursed in Terminator at least. No, somehow I don't feel bad for Chad, but uh, uh, it's nice to see that <laughs> the big boys, uh, you know, stuff like that happens. But it just gets weird sometimes, you know. I, I, you know, things happen, and you start to get a sense of things going south fast. So. Um, yeah, it was weird. Mike Williams was another odd thing too, and I knew somebody had him in the Terminator contest that was within striking distance. So, um, and then the, the final week, I, I I had a zero from I think I had a zero from you know, Aaron Jones, and then Kittle had a down week the week before. I think he faced the Bears and he was kicking butt the whole time, but he had sort of a down week um, facing them. So I, I think I put up 145. And the last game of the season was a Monday night game, Denver. I had the defense against Oakland, and they didn't show up. They got zero points. Uh, so, you know, I was hoping for a big night there. So, yeah, I mean, it happens, I guess. So it's more Indeed of a it does. Let's, it. Joe, let's, let's – I got to tell you, let, let's it, – it, it was a rough show for you right at the end of the Terminator. You did – I mean, you beat out 358 teams, essentially, uh, for at least second place. So you, you, you it, I mean – it was a success. It just wasn't maximum success there. Dave, well, go we, ahead. We did kick out about 40 people. Yeah, that's... We're not terminating. We're not terminating so honest, players, like, yeah. You know, 40 <laughs> people who don't know it, you know, didn't pay attention. So, like, 318 teams, you beat out. Still, <laughs> uh, overall, I mean, it was a banner year for you. You got four football guys titles. You got a main event league championship as well as, as second place overall in the Terminator. I'm just curious, you know, as you look back on the 28th season, thinking about how you built, how you managed these teams... Do you think there was a, an overarching theme uh, or a strategy that worked out for you really well in 2018? Did you go after a lot of the same players that were hits um, and, and really came through for you this year? Did you avoid, uh, you know, the injury bug by by and large? Did you avoid a lot of busts? What was the what was the story for you in 2018 that that made it such a, a good year overall? Well, one, one final thing on the Terminator. I did the first one that FFP, FFPC ever had, and I got lucky and won that one. And, and that was funny because. It, it, that that first year, Dave didn't send out those reminder emails, so people were getting terminated left <laughs> right. and right. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. <laughs> now Dave, you know, sends you an email, so there's really no excuse uh, for that. But that's why I tell people who argue with me. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. So in answer to your question, uh, you know, you would think, you know, as a CPA, because I really became a CPA out of like fantasy football stuff. I, when I was a kid, I used to design Stratomatic games with dice and things like that and ran local leagues. So all the aptitude tests said be a CPA. And I said, great, what's that? You know, so so it, it's kind of connected. But in answer to your question, I don't do a lot of analytics. I don't do flowcharts. I don't follow pretty much any sites. I, I basically look at one site for information. I'm kind of a, a uh, an eye test guy. So what means mean by that is, you know, I'll watch a guy run a ball a couple of times or catch a ball, and I just get gut feelings on players. And I have a tendency to go after certain players with a certain style. So, um, I, uh, you know, I basically had the same players on on most of my teams, and they what what I would do is, 
is I would, you know, try to grab a stud back and if I had the first six picks. And then I would go away from all running backs and, uh, and just load up on receivers. And then when, when the running back value hit, I would say fifth or sixth round, I, would, I went after the upside players like Aaron Jones and, and carry on. And then I would wait on a tight end, especially in a, in a draft master type of league. So my, the, team, you know, the teams I had, I had Mahomes everywhere. I had Juju Schuster. I took him in every league because I like his name, Juju. And, uh, and you know, Tyreek Tyree Hill. Uh, it's just a cool name. And, uh, you know, and then I tried to get Kittle in a lot of leagues, but I misjudged on him a number of times. And then, um, you know, late picked up Mahomes, and, you know, he had a phenomenal year, so he carried some some of my shortcomings of my teams by, you know, putting up those huge weeks. You know, Joe and I are kind of like kindred spirits because I, I love picking players, not solely because of their names, but I love Juju's name. Tyreek's name is great. You're you're big on image mm-hmm. and appearances too. Yeah, I, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm actually I'm a really shallow person in general, but even about fantasy. Well, you're infamous for never trapping Giovanni Bernard because he had a quote weird ass. Yeah, so he's looking at looking at how he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's good, good. good analysis. Yeah, I, mean, I was right all along. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to fault you for that. <laughs> all right, Joe. You know we've been playing. You and I've been. You know we've we've met a bunch of times in person. You were you've been around in, since the W Cup days. What did you? When did you first start playing? Did you play W Cock in 02, 03, 04? I did. I played the, um, you know, the whack off. I went there. I think it was around that time, and uh, I immediately went into the uh, draft master format. And I joined that that big contest, and I got lucky that first year. And I was drafted next to guys that I would, uh, and eventually would see all over the place. You know, the the Hubbards and the. Uh, Kirk, I forgot his last name. Something rather so. Um, yeah, exactly. I think he's an Altadena assassin. I, I I drafted right next yep. to him, and he was cursing me every pick. He was cursing me. Who's this guy? He's getting pissed. <laughs> and uh, and then we ended up, you know, we finishing one two on that, and I, I met him later on. But I did play the whack off, and, and um, you know, enjoyed some some success there. But uh, had some close calls, some real close finishes. I just have one. Well, I talk about the curse. It's because of this one story. I had a team, and I was, you know, in the main event, and I was winning. And then, you know, before we had a lot of social media and apps on phones and things, I had right about five minutes before a game, my, my running back, Steven Jackson, pulls up lame and says he's not starting. So I, I rush home, and I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get home to my computer and put in the tight end. I think it's uh, – I forgot what the tight end's name was, but I had him – and I was one minute late getting to the computer, so I got a big fat zero from Steven Jackson, and the tight end went off for 30 points, and, and I would have won the event. Oh. You know, so I was in therapy yeah. for months, you know. You know, but those <laughs> things happen to everybody. Those things yeah, happen to everybody. So what about your, I mean, is your strategy? Joe, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Has your strategy of during all those times, all the years that you've been playing, has your strategy evolved over the years, or – you feel like it's still kind of consistent, more like the main event type side of it. Well, uh, you know, you have to be aware, you know, I have to be aware of the, the type of league you're playing. And, like, the, the game has changed, you know. It was running back center. So in the old days, it was real easy to draft stud backs. And then it's changed into a passing league. So um, I, I basically draft value, you know, not – I don't think – 
that uh, you know I'm just an average player, I, I think. But what I see a lot of guys do is they'll draft out of need, and you know, and uh, instead of taking value at the position. So I don't care if I you know, don't have a tight end or don't have a whatever the position is. If I I have tiers, and if I see a guy that's worth more, then you know I just take whatever the value is instead of chasing chasing the position. You know. Joined by Joe Conte tonight, the uh, second-place team. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, you know, I I am drawn a lot to the to the draft master. I don't know what you guys call it, really, format, because it, it requires a little work. I don't have a lot of time to to follow fantasy football, so those don't require a lot of action. And uh, it makes up for a, a shortcoming I have with, with, in the redraft leagues is that I think in my history – for 20 years, I've never started the optimum lineup on any team. I'm, I'm always screw, screwing that up and chasing points, you know. So I'm not real good at, at that part of it. So the draft master, so, you know, you get the optimum lineup. So that's why I'm kind of more drawn to that, that type of league. Second place team in the FFPC Terminator in 2018, Joe Conti joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight, talking about the playoff challenge, talking about the uh, – uh, all the success that he's had this year. And, and, and I'm curious, I, I, and you mentioned George Kittle earlier, and you can expand on that a little bit, but if, when you look back at, at your waiver wire bids and your draft picks in a lot of your leagues, is there any ones that you'd like to have a, a mulligan on, players that you wish you would have, that you were close to, to drafting more that, that, you know, ended up hitting that you didn't get, and that might be George Kittle, or, you know, players maybe you were overweight on a little bit and, and wish you, you wouldn't have taken them in so many leagues? Well, yeah, I have... You know, if you had a first five pick, it was a conundrum for me because I didn't have any number one picks. So I often had a number two pick. And I know with like a few of the teams I had, I took Le'Veon Bell, and we all know how that turned out, right? So, um, but I, I struggled with those few picks there, uh, uh, David Johnson, et cetera, you know, in that, in that area. But, you know, that... Um, also, too, I kind of relearn lessons every year, and you know, I, I learned this year a little bit that I'd rather take good players from good offenses, good players from great offenses, than great players on bad offenses. You know, because I was taking guys that played on poor offensive teams sometimes, and and that kind of backfire. I would say Corey Davis underperformed in my mind, where I took him in a number of leagues. Uh, so. I try to find the great offenses and find anybody, you know, on that team, like with Kansas City's an example. Um, regarding the picks I hit on, I mean, I, I, I have, you know, in redraft leagues, uh, I find quite a bit that people have all their money left at the end of the season. I'm thinking, you know, you can't take it with you. You might as well, you know, blow the wad. So I'll do that early on. I'll try to identify somebody I didn't draft. And that is a free agent, and I will, you know, shoot the free agent wad on try to get them everywhere I can, not knowing when the next opportunity comes. So I did that this year with a player that was Philip Lindsay. So I spent a big portion of that, and I got him on most of my teams. I wasn't bright enough to draft him, uh, you know, because I didn't really follow him a whole lot. I I don't know many teams that drafted him, but there was some. I did see some really good players draft him, and so he helped my teams quite a bit. Um, as well. And after that, I, I used the remaining free agent dollars to do subtle moves, you know, switching defenses and, and uh, you know, match up things like that. So 
Did you ever have any shares of uh, Tyler Boyd at all in any of his leagues? Because he was a, a pretty successful uh, wide receiver pickup. And yeah, I tried to get him. In one of my leagues, uh, I went after him strong because I had uh, my main event. I had AJ Green, and uh, had a big, big hole at that position. Um, and I went after him pretty well, but I only got him in that one league, I think, in uh, a couple leagues. I did draft him in some draft master leagues, but um, did not was not able to get him. I think. With like Lindsay, people were still really unaware after that first game. Like with him, you know, I, I look at a player and I just get a feeling on him. When I saw him run one play, I thought there was something, you know, kind of special about him, the way he ran the ball. So I don't think a lot of guys knew about him. Tyler Boyd seemed like everybody was all, all over that. Uh, and I didn't have much well, money left, so. <laughs> well, plus, yeah, plus Lindsay came so early in the season, I think a lot of players – they were tentative and not didn't, hesitant to spend money early, and they didn't want to blow like four or five hundred on Lindsay, especially when yeah. it, was week, it was like week one or two, and you just had to do it right then, right? Yes, and that's what I did because that that next opportunity may not come for a long time in the season, and with the FFPC, um, you know, you, you have to move early because the season is only eleven weeks, and uh, quite frankly, there's with a season that short. I think some of my best teams I've ever had never made the playoffs because they started slow, finished stronger. Um, so that, that you have to figure that. But those same guys that would tell me that ended the season with all their free agent dollars still in the account. So man, you might as well take a shot at it. Joe, I want to get back to a player that you had mentioned in, in answering this question. That's Corey Davis, a guy that uh, I think everybody would agree underperformed this year. As you looked at 2019, uh, are you concerned about him at all in, in, as far as him developing into maybe like a top 20, top 15 uh, receiver in, in fantasy football? Um, I know Mariota had some injuries this year, and, and they're running a new offense, but what's your outlook on Corey Davis going forward? It's, uh, it's not good, quite frankly. I mean, he has, you know, he has the skills. But <laughs> the, limited, the, the problem is he's limited by that offense. He is limited by the way they run that offense. The guy, rare exceptions, you know, he, he'll get two or three targets a game. He'll be a decoy, he'll block. Uh, unless they have a more up-tempo offense or a different quarterback, I, I'm not going there again because he, he was so inconsistent. He would tease you with a, a good week. And he's got the skills. I just don't think... Again, I don't want to take players from those sluggish offenses in my mind. That's, you know, and I learned my lesson with him a bit. I mean, he didn't cost me a whole lot. I mean, I got him kind of, you know, maybe fifth or sixth round, something like that. Um, but um, I, I don't have a good outlet uh, outlook for him at all, you know, unless something changes in, in Tennessee. So, Joe, I know I, I have an indication as to what your answer might be, given that if you are a CPA and April 15th is tax season, the deadline, and, of course, you know, entrepreneurs like myself, we never actually file on time. We're always just getting the second, not the first or file at all. The second extension. Yeah, sometimes I just, you know, skipped in Kiwa for a couple of years. <laughs> anyway, as you look back on the uh, – I'm sorry, wrong question. So, we're, as we are now in playoff mode, the question really is when you start to prep for next year – and what are the first steps that you take in that preparation? Is it after April 15th, you take a week-long vacation, or do you wait until, like, in July and August even? You know what? Uh, fantasy football, the only reason I play is because it fits in perfectly with being CPA. My down months are September through December. So um, 
those are perfect. You know, that's those are football months. So I play, and as soon as the season is over, I, I go into my dark rabbit hole called tax season, and nothing else exists until, you know, April. I come out of my hole, and uh, I don't think about football. I don't watch football, anything at all. So, you know, as as I get out of that, then what I'll start doing because I'm pretty lazy. I, I don't do a lot of research and, and, and analysis. I really don't. I have to be forced to do it. So when May comes around uh, and I start, you know, getting my energy back and whatnot, I'll, I'll, the only way for me to prepare, quite honestly, is to get involved in some, uh, you know, 30-round draft master type of draft, small, small dollar ones. So it kind of forces me to evaluate players and go deep into the rosters to find out, you know, who's there, how people are drafting them. Uh, I don't watch college football, so I'm I'm at a disadvantage. I I I you know some of these guys that draft are all over the the rookie class. They know them well. I don't. So you know I want to see where they're drafted. Uh, it forces me to do a little deep, more deep research. And so that's what I'll do for a few months. That's about all I do is just you know get on some of these draft master things like the live 35s or whatever, and uh, and do it that way. Uh, I'm. Go ahead. Uh- I was just going to say, let me tell you, you know, not knowing about the rookies a lot of times can be a benefit to you because we get a lot of dynasty players in, and I've said this a number of times, where they get the rookie fever. And then you look at the redraft teams. I mean, seriously, we've done this, Paul, where we've done, we do the pros versus Joes, and we can tell a dynasty player, because they'll drafted like nine rookies in their first, like, 13 picks. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? These guys are all rookies. They're not even starting for their own team. We've heard Cornfins, Jeff Tirabasi said how difficult it is to switch from dynasty to, to, to redraft. And we've seen Lance Turbis, who's one of the biggest dynasty players I know. I've seen him do football guys drafts where it's like, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, like his first nine picks will be rookies. I think he's, I honestly think he took, in a football guys draft, I think he took Brandon Cooks when, Cooks was being drafted I, like in the yeah, seventh round. Yeah. He took him like in the, in the third. third. It was, yeah, it was, the, like, third it was like the, the 309, his rookie year. And I remember. Okay, he might have been a little inebriated and or he, he, he said he was pretty high <laughs> and drunk. But, um, but at the same time, I was commissioning that draft and I was hanging out with you that night. And um, we, we were kind of surprised at some of the picks in the first two rounds. And then I saw Cooks's name go up. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> look at this one, team. And then uh, there's obviously a lot of jokes about, the, you know, Lance in, in the chat uh, after that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to get your guys, and you, you do it how it is. Joe, you uh, let's let's get. Back. And by the way, second place team in the FFPC Terminator, Joe Conti, joining us tonight. A former bare knuckle champion, four football guys titles this year, as well as an FFPC main event title. You said you really liked uh, uh, the Terminator. You owned a bunch of teams in it this year. You kind of alluded to it a little bit, but what is it about that specific competition, the Terminator uh, tournament, that that makes it so much fun for you? Now, first of all, I, I'd like to say, you know, I, I remember Lance. Lance is a character, and uh, nothing he does at Strange would surprise me. I drafted next to him in a FFPC main event, and I think I was high from the fumes of, of uh, Lance's <laughs> drinks next to me. He's a character, man. I haven't seen him in a long time, but uh, he's, he's a good dude. Um, in terms of your question, like I said, I, I like low man, you know, low management. I like the Terminator option because it's real easy. You just drop a guy that pisses you off and is useless and you don't have to look at his name in, anymore. You know, it's low That's management great. for me. I, I I don't have time, a lot of time to to, uh, to spend on football, especially the last few years with family obligations that I have, you know, kids, parents, etc. So I like that feature of it. Um, 
and it's it's a nice twist, you know, try to figure out who to drop. So, and I also believe, you know, the first year I did it and when I when I won it, I noticed that people were making what I thought were bad drop choices. You know, Chad's Chad's probably saying, yeah, talk to me about it, you know. And so, you know, I didn't agree with a lot of they didn't see the few they would they would take one, you know, a couple of weeks and take a player and drop them where I, you know, I would try to hold on to players I thought would eventually come around. And uh, like this year, so I, was just, I was just, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. I'll, I'll let you finish, but I have a question after you go. I was going to say, I was always pissed off at Mike McCarthy because, I was, you know, anybody could see that Aaron Jones should be playing, yet he held the guy back for so long. It, it ticked me off to no end. When they did put him in, he performed, so, you know. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, everyone here in Wisconsin totally agrees with you and thought McCarthy blew that one. So, at least he'll be coaching in Cleveland or wherever soon. But let me ask you this. You know, and this is advice that a lot of a lot of people need to get. How what do you how do you make your cuts? I mean, do you set a reminder or or what do you do so that you don't screw up and get get the inevitable I'm sorry that we had to, you know, kick you out of the contest email from me? Well, that's easy, you know. I'm I I don't play in a lot of leagues. I think I played in six a total of six football guys leagues and you know I got lucky in one four I don't play in a lot of leagues so it's not that tough to keep track of a lot of these guys I don't know how they do it man they're amazing they play in hundreds of leagues it's crazy I mean I drafted six football guy teams and I think Dave Hubbard drafted six of them in one day you know so um, when you when you when you own more teams than you can handle, you'll you'll forget more things like that. It was easy for me because I didn't have that much going on, and I waited for Dave's email. And uh, just I, what <laughs> I did right. is, I, especially with Terminators, I would take I would set a day that I would drop, and I would do them all at the same time so that I wouldn't forget one or two. If I was indecisive, I would just make a decision because I know how you know weekends get. So. It was easy with Dave's help, and in the first year, it was crazy. We would, everybody would forget, and everybody would get cut off. So, uh, it, it's we a also, fun we event. Also bad about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we, I think I, I had a few issues at the time in terms of dropping players or whatnot, and and guys do get ticked off. And even this year, I drafted a number of teams, and I in each league, I saw somebody suddenly disappear like they were whacked you know so uh you know i think it adds a fun twist to it you know and it's like i said it's easy to manage you know joe i'm not italian but sometimes i have to whack you know, we got to whack people that that happens that that's <laughs> that, you know any hey, any you know, uh, any walk of life well you know what I, I i i'm italian i totally understand that i've got an uncle in the mob and you know my favorite character <laughs> in the godfather was luca brazzi yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got a list. I got, everybody has a list. Of, everybody has a list of people you'd want to whack. I mean, it just is. <laughs> I'm more of a leave the gun, take the cannoli type guy myself. Uh, Joe, I want to get to there's there is one. E- yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, there, there is one email I wanted to get to tonight. Yes. Uh, Dan in Perrine, I think it's pronounced Perrine, Florida. He writes, hey, Joe, is Todd Gurley the slam dunk choice in the playoff challenge for the Rams, or am I better off going in a different direction? Thanks, man. That's Dan in Perrine, Florida. Your thoughts on – I know Dirk Gurley had that knee issue towards the end of the season. 
Um, it sounds like it's improving. I don't know how good it's going to be. And you got to make the decision before tomorrow, even though the Rams don't play until next week. So what are your thoughts as far as a Ram and the competition? Is it Gurley? Um, yeah, he's sandbagging. They're, they've been they've been getting him ready. There's I, I don't think there's any other way to go with this with this contest. You're limited to one player per team, and uh, I think Dan, if he goes in another direction, he's going to be kicking himself. Quite honestly, uh, with Gurley with the receivers, I, I I think you know, you might contemplate Woods, but after Cup went out, I don't have a lot of confidence in any of the receivers. Each each week, it's a different receiver. I think Gurley's fine. To be honest with you, I I would you know I'm gonna probably go with him. So I think Dan Dan will be all right. There you go, Dave. Uh, uh, yeah. I I I don't have uh, there there weren't a whole lot of emails this week. I think everybody was so dialed into to to their playoff challenge emails. Unless you have a follow up, I think we can um, ask Joe our our final question. All right, here. final question. I'm mean, gonna after Joe leaves. I have a girly comment, but whatever. oh, okay, all right, fine. So. Do you want to make the girly comment now or no? Well, yeah, okay, I will. But let's, what do you guys think? How many? What teams out of four thousand two hundred fifty? How many do you think will own girly? The, per, the percentage chance of I, I, or the percentage of uh, girly ownership, I would imagine, be in the 70, 70th, 70 to seventy five percent. You think that? I think that might be a tad high. What do you okay. think, Joe? I'll uh, I'll go with eighty. Eighty. Okay. <laughs> so this 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 will play into the point you're about to make, Dave. I think. Yeah, my point I'm about to make is that's four thousand two hundred and fifty teams times right. two hundred dollars. Let's say it is eighty percent. That means six hundred eighty thousand dollars of players' money cumulatively cumulatively is riding on Todd Gurley. Riding on Todd Gurley's knee. Yep. Almost seven hundred grand. Right. On Todd Gurley's knee, which by the way he did say eleven hours ago in a news article. Is not 100 percent yet. But again, that's what, but, but but hold on, Dave. And and to Joe's point, that is what he is saying. <laughs> Why he would he is, lie? Well, I mean, you, is he in the playoffs? Yeah, there, well, I'm just saying, like, there's there's no reason there's no reason for him to lie. There's no reason for him to to tell to get to tell the truth. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my point. Calling him a liar. I'm not calling him a liar. I think there's, calling Todd really a liar, I think man. there's a reason that players say stuff. There's a reason that it gets out there. I'm All just right. now maybe his knee's not good, but uh, I think Joe makes some good points. Here. All right, 680 here. Anyway, uh, well, I, agree, I, I agree with Bulky. You know, I agree with Bulky on that. And at this point, who's 100 percent? And you know, who's 100 percent at this point? Hunter Henry. Kill? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Henry. No, yeah. don't you go there. Don't you go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Scott, you know, Scott Johnson, who we love, he's great. He emailed. Coach's Cruncher. Yeah, he emailed yeah. and he's like, hey, how come Hunter Henry is not included on the, on the list? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. So I just forwarded to, to James at tech support. Right. And he's like, oh, he's on page two. He should look on. You know, he's, he's, oh, so Henry is available. Yeah, he's, of course okay, he's available. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, anyway. So, Joe, sorry, last question. Give us a guy that a lot of high-stakes players will be playing in their cha- playoff challenge lineups that you think should be avoided, and also a playoff challenge sleeper that de- deserves to be rostered in the contest as well. And you obviously can't say C.J. Anderson now. <laughs> uh, well, don't take uh, – don't don't use Antonio Brown. That's my advice. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He, uh, my thing is uh, – you know, and to answer that question, I'm going to say, I think uh, I want to get a player 
sort of on look in this in this league most teams a lot of teams are going to have identical teams it just is so you have to tweak your roster maybe one player might make the difference so uh, in my mind i think the chargers are one and done uh, there's an ugly team out there called the ravens and nobody wants to play them they win ugly uh, and so i'm not taking i think there'll be a lot of i would guess there'd be a lot of melvin gordon or keenan allen owners i may be incorrect on that but i would guess there would be a fairly high percentage of that. I'm, you know, in my mind, I would stay away from that and, and, uh, all of the quarterbacks. So uh, on the other side, so I would stay away from the San Diego skill players. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think Baltimore wins. And then, um, I think that they have a real good shot of kind of not a real good shot, a decent shot of playing four games. Um, because I believe Kansas city's faltering I believe New England's going with me. And I think if you go on the road to those places, the, the best kind of team that you want is a is a team like Baltimore that that runs, you know, that kills the clock. There's not much pre-snap communication needed. Um, it's m- more likely to succeed. So in answer to your Part B question, I don't know if it's a sleeper, but I think Lamar Jackson at quarterback is something I'm going to entertain here. Uh, and use my other positions for the, the skill players. You know, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the other quarterback choices that are obvious. Uh, I'm not going to go. I wouldn't go that route. I would look at that. He he doesn't have a huge ceiling, granted. But but I think he's improving each game, and I believe you know they're going to go a ways. You know, uh, in the playoffs, and. Uh, you know, you could free up a position besides quarterback where you can use a skilled player. Also, like, uh, um, as a, I wouldn't call a sleeper, but I think uh, the Colts will beat uh, the Texans. I think Luck will throw for another 400 yards and have a big week, and, and Colts will move on. So that's a pretty good spot. But that's kind of how I'm looking. I'm kind of anti-chargers. Anti-Chargers and, and pro-Ravens. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, pro-Lamar Jackson, I should say. Yeah, I'm not, I don't hate the Chargers. I, I like the Chargers. But I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I don't think anybody wants to play the Ravens. I just don't don't think they're fun to play. They they win ugly. And that defense is tough. It's cold. I think I could see them going in. They, they've played well in the past against Belichick teams. And I think Kansas City's faltering some. I think they gave Kansas City all they could handle in Arrowhead, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks ago. That Kansas City defense still scares me as far as uh, the Chiefs getting into the playoffs. I think you make some uh, some good points there about uh, them not peaking right now, uh, for sure. Uh, Joe, you clearly peaked on this podcast tonight. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I know we kept you a little bit longer uh, tonight, but great stuff from you. Congratulations on, on the success this year. Good luck in the playoff challenge as well. I, 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 hope, uh, I, I hope you end up uh, doing some damage there. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. We'll see you out in Vegas for sure. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for the therapy session. And uh, just shout out to uh, Chris Lambert. She's awesome of FP, FFPC. I want to just say that. She's great. And thanks to you guys. And I hope to see you guys soon, too. Awesome stuff. Joe Conti, ladies and gentlemen, the second place finisher in the FFPC Terminator Tournament and uh, four football guys titles, a, an FFPC main event title, 
this year as well as, uh, you know, the inaugural bare knuckle challenge uh, champion too. That is not something to sneeze at. He's, uh, he's done it all. And you know, the best part about that interview tonight, you know, we, we have a lot of people come on this show and, you know, they have spreadsheets and, and there's uh, analytics and number crunching and everything like that. And you have a highly successful uh, high stakes player who's been at it for a decade and a half. And uh, he had Juju Smith-Schuster on all his teams this year because he liked the name Juju. He thinks Tyreek Hill has a cool name. He had Tyreek Hill on a bunch of uh, teams. And he also blatantly admits, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lazy when it comes to analysis. And the guy crushed it this year, Dave. Had a fantastic uh, season. And he's, a, and he's a CPA. And he still, he uses numbers, but he didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. That's because he knows the qualitative analysis is superior to the quantitative-only analysis while he um, one other thing I wanted to point out, I did not have the heart to tell him, but Phil Hooten, by the way, who was a guest on this show probably about a month or so ago, uh, won the FFPC Terminator this year, and I did not have the heart to tell Joe that he lost the Terminator by less than two points because he said he didn't look at the final results, he didn't want to see him, and I wasn't going to bring it up on the show, but yeah, he lost by about 1.85 points, something like that on the season. Um Secret link is being posted in the chat room right now for uh, anyone who wants. The minis, the minis wants are to, open yeah, only through this show. Who you want? If you want to join the FFPC Playoff Challenge Mini, Dave has posted a link <laughs> into the Blog Talk Radio chat room, which is we had some problems with it earlier, but it is working now. Uh, Bourbon City Ballers wanted to know when the minis are going to be displayed on the website. Dave, uh, for HSFF Hour <laughs> listeners exclusively, can join right now if you are in the chat room. Uh, you'll be able to join one of those 20-team minis. MyFFPC.com slash PlayoffChallengeMini.ASPS. I, I will not even repeat that. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I have been so busy the last week or two, I have not joined one fantasy football playoff contest. Not one. And, and I, I feel a little bit left out. Uh, I have not joined one because I really can't. I, you know, I, I'm not really sure where they are. I mean, does Kentucky have them? No, the Kentucky used to do a free one, um, yeah. and uh, well, no one they, else they don't so And I can't, I can't do them for any other national. No, I mean, I've, 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 I would only want to go around there's payouts deep enough. I've gotten invites to like local private, not local, but like national private ones, um, and I, I just haven't had the time to formulate a lineup. And in well, you're it's, such a busy guy. Wow, I mean, you're just like you have all. This you don't need to. On. You don't need to lay that. I will say this. Um, for the first time in probably 15 years, I did not get in a bowl, uh, college football bowl challenge this year, which it breaks my heart because I, I love being in those. And I just, I have not had the time, unfortunately, which, which really stinks. Uh, but it is what it is. Thanks for the info. Uh, yeah, nobody, uh, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, absolutely. So uh, that, was, uh, that was Joe Conti. Thanks uh, to him coming on. One of the things that we didn't get into with Joe, and, and we'll get into the, the fantasy flash shortly. I know we're, we're running out of time fast. The Antonio Brown thing, we don't really have to, t- to, to talk about it a whole lot because there's a lot to be said, Dave, but everybody knows what's going on with him. My personal opinion, I think he's going to be a stealer next year. I, I think they give him a, a little bit of a pay raise. I don't think that his talent has now been dwarfed by his um, you know, off-field or, or um, you know, off-the-field antics or anything like that. I still think he's integral to the team. I think they find it to make it work out. And I don't think we're talking about this in, in two months. I, I think it's, it's going to be business as usual as the Steelers um, prepare for uh, another run at the postseason, uh, another deep postseason run next year. Do you disagree with any of that? I actually disagree. I think he will eventually be dealt. I think he's a cancer to the team. In the, in the offseason, you think he's going to be dealt? Yeah. Okay. Whether, I know that it's a better 
you'll let them do it after June first. After June first, they if they designate him as a as a post June first cut or whatever, um, I know it's it's less money, it's less of a cap hit. Um, I think they can trade him at any time, um, and um, and and it's not like I don't think that affects the salary cap as much as it would be releasing him. I can't imagine they release him. The Steelers had a, a headache on their roster all season long in Le'Veon Bell. And um, they chose to keep that distraction around. I think they're going to keep this distraction around as well. You think he's going to be traded. Can you give us a team or two or maybe more, whatever you want, that you would, A, think he could be traded to, and, and B, maybe a team that you'd be excited about him for fantasy purposes? I've got I to tell you, Dave, the situation he's in right now, having Juju Smith-Schuster opposite him, having a blossoming Vance McDonald at tight end and having a really, really capable running back who could be a second-round pick next year in FFPC drafts or maybe even a first in, in James Conner along with Jalen Samuel who's, who's shown his ability to carry the mail when, um, when Conner's been out. I, I look at that offense and, and that quarterback, I mean, that's a great situation for him. I think if he does get dealt, um, it's only going to ding his fantasy value. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no – Really, there's almost no possible way he could do as well as he's been doing in this near-perfect situation with a great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. And uh, so, wherever it is, it will probably be worse. He's still a fantastic player. Uh, but usually players, when they move to different teams, they don't do as well. If you owned him in Dynasty right now, would you be – well, I'll say, I'd say this, even if you don't own him in, in Dynasty. Are you lowballing? Is it even worth trying? Are you shopping him around? Are you seeing what you can get for him to sort of rid your – because I know you did this with Amari Cooper, I think, last year or, or two years ago, um, where, where he sort of just like you didn't want to deal with the headaches with him anymore. And with Antonio Brown, you know, you, you, you could see – well, obviously you believe he will be dealt, um, and it probably won't be to a better fantasy situation – I'm just curious as, as to to what your thoughts are. If you own him, do you shop him around to the other 11 owners in your league? If you don't own him, are, are you trying to pick him up for a draft pick? Are you trying to pick him up for uh, a receiver of, of similar ilk uh, uh, to, to acquire him uh, on your squad? I don't know how you would be treating him in Dynasty right now. I don't really own Antonio Brown anywhere. If I did own him, I'd... Yeah, I'd probably be looking to sell him, actually, because I think some people may not really be picking up on what, I mean, if I believe, let's say there's a 75% chance he gets dealt, a lot of people are still going to con- consider maybe your your opinion that it's maybe the other direction, yeah. 75% chance that he stays. So they may pay Antonio Brown on the Steelers prices where I'm paying Antonio Brown on some crappy team prices. Well, you know, George, George Kittle tweeted at him. Uh, and, and Antonio Brown seemed very excited about that. So to see him catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo next year would certainly be exciting. Um, there is yeah, one, you know, but then there's also a chance he catches passes from Ryan Tannehill's replacement in Miami. You know, so, you know, Joe Flacco? Maybe, maybe yeah. there's one, one, one brow and a lot Blake, of... Blake Bortles? Yeah, whatever. Eli Manning? Oh, God. I would, you know, anyone, any GM who signs Eli Manning should just be, you know, shot. All right. Well, if I don't want to encourage that sort of violence on the show. Um, there was a uh, Mia culpa here. I, there was an email that came across that Rob is bringing to my attention right now that I should have read to Joe and I didn't. So my apologies, Paul and Anaheim, congrats on your season, Joe. Uh, are you nervous? This is a question for you now, Dave, because Joe's not with us anymore. I mean, he's, he's with us. He's just not on the line. Are you nervous about using any chargers in the playoff challenge because they could be one and done or are guys like Gordon and Allen still solid lineup choices? I'm assuming Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. 
Right. Not Josh Gordon and Josh Allen. Well, I agree with this point about Baltimore and Will Fensmeyer. Uh, yeah, I'd be nervous about using those players. Can I give you two stats? Yeah, you give me as many stats as you want, Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, this isn't really a stat. Lamar Jackson is Has a zero playoff win? No. Well, that's true. He's making his first career start in the NFL playoffs. And what is this, his fifth, fifth career start overall? Is that accurate or is it sixth? It might be sixth. Okay. All right. Here's the other one. What was the Chargers' road record this year? Uh, official road record. Even I don't know. Though, uh, five and three? Seven and one. Really? They were Fantastic. seven and one on the road this year. Great. And they go, I mean, they're going across three time zones. They're playing a very difficult defense. I think the Chargers find a way to get that win. That said, I still would be nervous about these. Um, Here comes the qualifiers. I'm just telling you, I'd still be a little bit nervous about using Gordon and Allen because I think it's going to be a a knockdown knockdown dragout game that's going to be decided in the last few minutes of the game. So um, um, it could go either way. I still think the Chargers find a way to win. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, the line is – Ravens minus three, and the money line is Baltimore minus 150, your Chargers plus 130, so 140 is the true line. So okay. All right, there you go. Uh, I want to thank uh, – let's get into a fantasy feedback, and this is like the, the latest we've ever gotten a fantasy feedback tonight, so we're going to fly through this. I want to thank football guys, RotoPass, RotoWorld, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Nick Foles is not on the Eagles' final injury report for the wild card game against the Bears, according to the Philadelphia Eagles on Twitter. He left last week's game in Week 17 with bruised ribs, uh, he practiced fully both Thursday and Friday as a limited participant. He plays the Bears defense this week, Dave. This is more of a question about the Eagles versus the Bears. Can you? I, I mean, I, it's very, very difficult in, in an FFPC playoff challenge for me to use any Eagles this week. I, I just, it's very difficult. I know Nick Foles was the Super Bowl savior last year. I don't think he gets it done in Chicago this week. And I'm, I'm quite frankly, as a teaser, not using any Eagles in my playoff challenge lineup. I am for sure using one eagle. Okay. Zach Ertz? Yep. All right. There you go. Yeah, I, th- I feel Zach Ertz is – I do think there's a good chance they lose, and he gets a 30-burger on the way out. And everyone's going to be like, oh, crap. I could have used Ertz as a flex or right. a tight end or whatever the hell I wanted to. Now I got this guy who scored eight points. I got Melvin Gordon who scored eight, and they moved on. And then the next week he scores 12. He still doesn't score as much as Ertz did in one week. HSFFO or PSA. Dave, don't feel compelled to use the blank burger. 30 burger. I mean, oh, I love the burger. I'm telling you, if you ever wanted to skip <laughs> using that reference, I'd be well, fine. That, I know that bothered you. Oh, I'm going to have to start using the 30 burger. What about Alshon Jeffrey in a revenge game this game against Chicago? Jeffries? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you know, it's possible, you know, the Bulls like to, like to throw to him. Unlike Wentz, I think, hates him. I think he must have some issue with, with Jeffrey. But the Bulls always seems to find him wide open. On the show with Leo and Balky, which you can listen to at 95.3991 FM, 95.3 and Appleton, 99.1 on Oshkosh, AM 1570, the score. Uh, you can download the score uh, app or go to the scorewi.com. On the show today, my co host, Leo Kuyper Jr., said to me that, Hey, Balky, did you hear what Alshon Jeffrey said about going back home to play his old team, the Bears? He said, Chicago wasn't my home. Philadelphia was my home. I just worked at Chicago. The Boo Birds are going to be out for Alshon Jeffrey, and if he's the type of guy that feeds off that, look out. <laughs> look out. All right. Um, Kyle Fuller was actually named first-team All-Pro this year, so he's going to have his work cut out for him against Fuller. But uh, I don't know. There's, there might be something there with, uh, with Jeffrey. 
Austin Eckler expects to play in the wildcard game against the Ravens on Sunday, according to Gilbert Manzano on Twitter. Eckler was limited in practice this week. He says the groin injury that he has is, quote, very manageable, and he is going to be the complement to Melvin Gordon. Dave, are you? I know you already said uh, you're nervous about using Melvin Gordon, but Eckler probably is not. A, he's too deep of a sleeper to use in the playoff uh, challenge, right? Yeah. I mean, even yeah. with his pass-catching chops? I think so. I mean, if someone wants to really get out there, I think there might be five or six owners that go that direction, maybe ten. Is that what you put the over-under at, nine and a half? <laughs> What do you think? What do you think? I think nine and a half is pretty solid. <laughs> Out of 4,250. 4, I don't know which way I want to bet. You want to bet? I'll do five on it, but you, you pick. And I'll All right, I'll, I'll take We'll take ten. Ten's the over-under. over-under, okay. Um, I will take, <laughs> God, I don't know which way I want to go on this either. It's such a stupid bet, but I'm going to do it because it's interesting. Um, I will take the, I'm going to take the under. All right, I'll take the over. I'll take under ten uh, teams owning Austin Eckler. <laughs> And the FFPC playoff right. challenge. I got five on it. I got five on it. I got five on it. That'll be fun to check. We'll know that Saturday at 4.40. You know, I, I was, po- I was pointed this. A listener emailed me this week and said, hey, I went to the, the HSFFO website, and you guys don't have your um, I got five on it, like, results updated yet, which is true. And I told Robbie he needs to get on that. But, like, all our bets that we made throughout the season, we got we to gotta figure um, figure out who won all those Um you actually, put, you actually put that on the site. I thought you just teased it. No, go to, H- seriously, go to hsffr.com right now. There's an I Got Five on It tab right at the top. You click on that, and it'll show all the bets that we have. That's a real website? That is a real website. That Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so moving on. You can't get a better picture of me than this one. Sticking with the Chargers. You don't let people take your picture, so that is the best we could work <laughs> with. Uh, the Chargers. I, I'll get one that's nicely uh, Photoshopped. Okay, perfect. That looks really mean. Yeah, that'll work. Do you want to do that super lean one from a few years ago? No, I mean, I'm not. When know, you weighed like 70 pounds and it was all muscle? I was like 185 at that time. Was no. that really 185 in that when, picture? When I was super ripped? Yeah. Then actually that morning I was 161 and change. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. Because I had, de- I had dehydrated for, for the picture because we were doing that little the thing. So I didn't have any water since like 4 p.m. the day before. So I had no water. I had a, like a half a piece of cake per the advice given. Why, like, why a half a piece of cake? I don't know, like a little bit, just a little bit of carbs, and then like two glasses of wine to dehydrate myself that night before. Right. Which actually, I'm not even sure if that was advised, but I just did it anyway. Right. But yeah, I was on a 161 and chain. Hmm. My, I showed my picture, I showed that picture to my mom, and I said, yeah, Dave used to look like this. And she like kind of hit me on the shoulder when she saw it. She goes, that's not Dave. <laughs> my ass, Dave. She's like, that was that's, me for one day. She's that like, me for that's not real. I'm like, no, it was real. She's yeah. like, I don't believe it. And that was it. <laughs> Which is sad. It's just also how sad I look right now. Dave, you could not. That is not healthy to look like that for a long period of time. No, it, it's true, actually. Probably. I mean, it's you might be healthier now. I, I feel fine. Good. I'm enjoying life. That, quite that's all that matters. I want to stick on the Chargers tip right now as we get back to fantasy football. They have not yet activated Hunter Henry, who tore his ACL in July, ahead of the wild card game against Baltimore, according to Sam Fortier on Twitter. Adam Schefter actually reported on Monday that Henry was expected to make his season debut this week, uh, but the Chargers have not activated him yet. He has been practicing since mid-December, about seven months since he tore his ACL at the OTAs. Antonio Gates and Virgil Green are the tight ends. Dave, we already know, thanks to Scott Johnson's query, you can put Hunter Henry in your lineup uh, for the FFPC playoff challenge. Not something I would advise, despite the tight end premium scoring. I agree. How many people... 
Oh, here we go. Do you think we'll have Hunter Henry in there? You set the over-under on this one. Um, 70. Under. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to bet over the, over the 70, though. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not right. good. 40? Under. 30? <laughs> All right, 35? You tell me what you take. 35. I'll take over 35 for five bucks. All right, I'll say under <laughs> uh, under 35. This is, a, this is so stupid. This is a dumb one. But I'll still take over 35 because I set the over-under. I'm going to lose this one. All right, so what? So I had under on Eckler, and I also have under on Henry. Yeah. All right, so I got 10 and 35. 10 and 35. All right, that, that sounds good. I got five on it. I got five on over 35 for I Henry. got five on you know, maybe he's giving money away. Well, may, I, you might have money to play with here. I haven't totaled up the boards. Neither is Rob, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Allen Robinson was not listed on the Bears' final injury report uh, for the wild card game against the Eagles on Sunday. This is according to the Chicago Bears public relations account on Twitter. I love that, actually. He did not play last week's game because of a rib injury. Um, Allen Robinson was a full participant in all three practices this week. And he led the Bears in receiving yards per game this year with 58. David, Eagles defense, or excuse me, the Eagles secondary, really bad this year. Allen Robinson, you think about, it's like throwing darts at the board, trying to get the right bear in your playoff challenge this this year. Um, A lot of people are going to have the Bears defense. What about Allen Robinson? I think he's an interesting option, actually. I think he and or Tariq Cohen... I think Robinson's the good, the sleeper of the sleeper, right? Because Cohen's kind of a little bit the of a sleeper. The sleeper of the sleeper. Yeah, it's like Cohen's like the sleeper if you, if you don't take the Bears D, right? Right. But then you take the sleeper of the sleeper in Allen Robinson and right. you don't take Cohen. I think that's a good pick. Okay. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm listening, and it's, it's not – My point uh, is over. There's nothing else to talk no, about. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I, was, uh, I was a little bit lukewarm on it, but now I'm, uh, I'm warming up to it. Um, Allen Robinson, the, the other thing with him is, is he is a, he's a big play type guy and, uh, and he has been in this, this offense this year. I think that he is, he's definitely interesting. If you're looking to go against the, uh, go against the, um, the proverbial grain, grain, the proverbial grain, you definitely could, uh, could hit a home run here with Allen Robinson. Cause you think about it, like you should be able to attack the Eagles secondary, maybe the game. And if they do play the Rams next week, which I think they would for, yeah, they would for sure. If they win, that game could be a shootout and maybe Robinson catches a lot of passes that game too. So eh, there's, there's something to be said there about Allen Robinson. What about Jordan Howard? No, I, I mean, I know he's been coming on. Um, I, in fact, I saw a stat today in the, this is kind of a BS stat, but in, if I'm remembering this correctly, Dave, from weeks 13 through 17, Jordan Howard's yards per carry were 37% higher than they were from weeks 1 to 12. Oh, that's great. So he's coming on. He's peaking at the right time. He definitely gets the ball inside the five. I mean, they, and he, and he's, a, he's a great goal. For what it's worth, we, we typically see offenses slow down in the postseason. This could be Jordan Howard's type game rather than Tariq Cohen. So that, that is what you can say about that. Kiki QT is, according to uh, Bill O'Brien, trending in the right direction as he tries to play tomorrow in the wild card game against the Colts. He's probably going to be a game-time decision. He's only appeared in six games so far on the regular season due to this hamstring injury. But, Dave, the Texans are going to need him, especially if it becomes into a shootout game with Watson versus Luck. There is no Demarius Thomas. He tore his Achilles. Kiki QT, again, there's some upside here. You can't really play him in the playoff challenge, though. 
I can't. I can't. I don't even want to talk about this player. I hate him. You hate Kiki Kiki? Yeah. I own him in one dynasty. He and his hamstring can screw off. I mean, if I own him on any leagues, I'm like pitching him for a third round pick. I don't. Even I was just going to ask you, would you trade him for a third yeah. round pick? Yeah, I'm really? sick of. I'm sick of hearing about his injury report. Even if even I would, if I, would injured, you, I, I would trade you. I would trade you a third fine, round pick. I know, I get that. I mean, you don't. I'm you don't have him in any leagues. That's the problem. Even I get that he's worth more than that, but just get him off my roster so I don't have to continuously see him sitting there and being and annoying me. This this hamstring injury is not going to be a, a six game one year thing. Right. This is a career type of thing that he's going to be going on. In 2024, we're going to be like, oh, cutie, oh, questionable again on the injury report for, you know, the Chargers or wherever he's playing. So forget it. I'm getting no. off my team. No, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, let's talk about him. Zach Keeper reports that he would have missed time down the stretch if the Colts weren't in must-win situations. So now let's look at the, the two ways that, that, that you can look at this. Um, the fact that he might he's at a much higher risk of re-injury uh, to that ankle because he has been playing when he shouldn't have, or he's an effing warrior and you know he, he's just he's a, he's going to ball out in the playoffs. Um, Andrew Luck has been throwing to him a ton. There was some what was the stat that he was averaging like 17 yards per target or something in like the last three weeks per target, Dave. In the last three weeks of the season, that's insane. Uh, and then really the second half of the season, he's been awesome this year for the Colts. Um, T.Y. Hilton, as far as we haven't talked about the Colts, what you do with them in the postseason, what would you be doing as far as uh, T.Y. Hilton as a Colt on your playoff challenge roster? Um, I don't think he's on my team. Uh, but, I, you know, I think he, he's definitely a Ward's consideration. I, I think he, even even though with the injuries, he is a, he's a game he's a gamer type player. So I do he like is him. a gamer, yeah. Yeah, he always comes out and plays. I was actually just wondering how many Inman rosters there might be. Don Charlie Inman, one over under? <laughs> Two? <laughs> we can move. Inman. We, we I can mean, move. You, how, many, how many teams do you have to own in the playoff challenge to have an Inman roster? <laughs> just one. We'll have to check. We won't, we won't bet it, but I'm curious if one. You know, right I, I, I feel bad because I think Darren Armani emailed me earlier today, and I haven't responded to him yet because I've uh, been so busy, um, <laughs> about um, ownership percentages. We need to, because he's, he, do we put out that or does Darren put out that, the FFPC ownership percentages? I know one person who doesn't put it out. You. That's right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. A lot of times it gets out there. I have no idea who does it. Though. All right. Um, fair enough. Well, uh, so no promises that may or may not be put out there. Without further ado, let's reveal our playoff lineups. Now, this is where you always say, how do you want to do it? Do you want to do this or no, that? No, I'm not going to say that yet. Just give me a second. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, disclaimer, Dave and I cannot, obviously, we cannot participate in the FFPC playoff challenge. But if we could, and we had one team to submit, this is what our lineups would look like. Now, Dave. How would you like to do this? Would you like to go position by position? Here we go. It's would you like to go team by team? Well, because I don't know how you want to do it. Go ahead. How do you want to? Uh, how do we usually do it? I don't know. So I'm asking you. <laughs> quarterback. We'll sure. Do quarterback. quarterback. Let's start with what position. Um, or do we? Let's 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 do the crappy position. Let's do kicker first. All right, great. All right. We'll fire it off that way. So who is your kicker, good sir? Uh, Janikowski. From Seattle. Yeah. So you went Janikowski there. All right. I have. I'm having a little bit of remorse on that, but that's all right. I have the Baltimore Ravens wunderkind. Tucker. 
Justin Tucker right. as my kicker right. this year, my Ravens representative. All right. Um, again, I, I've made this point abundantly clear. I think that the Ravens lose in the first round, but I do think that this this game, you, you could get lucky with a couple of 50-yard bombs from Justin Tucker, so that's the way I'm rolling with that. Your defense, Dave. I'm going chalk. I'll take the Bears. As do I. I just cannot trust anybody in that Bears offense. I think if you're submitting multiple entries, it makes sense to have a Robinson, a Cohen, maybe even a Trey Burton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would make some sense there too, but I am going chalk with, uh, with the uh, Bears. Let's move to – I'll let you pick the next position. Uh, let's just keep shooting. Up. Well, let's go quarterback. Quarterback. All right, let's do quarterback. I went with uh, Lamar Jackson from so Baltimore. This is interesting. So you go Lamar Jackson. Now, what is your – What is your? because I think it's crucial to pick how far these teams are going. How many games are you expecting out of Lamar Jackson? You know, I think for sure two and possibly three. Okay, wow. So you really like the Ravens. Well, and, then, you know, they have – you know, Football Outsiders has their playoff odds. I think they have a 4% chance of winning the Super Bowl. I forgot what their chances of already getting there, like eight or ten right. or something like that. Which isn't great, but again, you're trying to compete against 4,249 other teams. So I, I think he's a very interesting player. I think his high last, ceiling, high floor. Yeah, exactly. And I think his lack of playoff experience because he's a running quarterback is actually much less important than if he was a guy who was throwing it 40 times a game. I think Mahomes' playoff experience actually could be more important or possibly negative against him than Lamar Jackson's. You can have some indicative in his last couple of games where he had some clutch throws. He just Way over through players, way over through players, and Lamar Jackson. He, maybe he, he'll do that anyway, just because he's not that right. not that accurate yet. But he's going to rush for 100, 100 yards in that game. Probably score a touchdown, maybe two rushing, and then you saw the other stuff going on. A couple things to unpack what you just said there. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about him versus Lamar Jackson. You missed the obvious advantage that you will have with Jackson over Mahomes is ownership. There's going to be a ton more people who own Mahomes than Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. So you have the advantage there. Now, the negative about Lamar Jackson, and this doesn't really affect him in season long, but in the playoff challenge, he does have a penchant for turning the ball over, which could cut your playoff um, challenge dream short, uh, whereas I don't think that that necessarily affects Mahomes as much. One of the nice that, things about Mahomes is you have three other players to choose from right. now, and you really don't have a lot of options in Baltimore. You, you can't pick a running back there. I mean, God knows what's going to happen. You for sure can't pick a receiver. For God's sake, Crabtree should be you know, taken out behind the barn as well. Right, yeah, to go off to the glue factory. <laughs> is that racist that I compared him to a horse or no? No, I don't, not at all. Okay, fair enough. Because you know, Jordy Nelson should have been taken out behind the glue factory and he's white. Yeah. But he shouldn't be. Did you see him at the end of the tail yeah, end of the season? He was Actually, crushing it. No, I no, what I meant to say is Gruden should be taken behind the yeah. and shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible coach, Dave. I should not have a job. Just with give me that Raiders. 90 million. You kidding me? <laughs> Let me tell you something about that Mark Davis. That guy wastes his money, man. My contract. He never crazy. should have given me a $10 million contract. <laughs> You know, your, your imitation of him is about 20 times better than your Trump. I had a very good imitation. That be, you know why it's better than my Trump? is because I do... Because your Trump sucks. No, no, no. I do the impression... Which I don't even like Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump all that much. I thought Daryl Hammond is right. such a better SNL impersonator of Trump than, than Baldwin. But that's what I hear now. Like, when I see yeah. Trump, I see Baldwin do it. Yeah, I know. And it, I referenced it earlier, so I'm not giving you the promo again. 
But in the span of um, oh, in the span of like 20 seconds, I did like back to back Bill Belichick and Barack Obama impressions on, on the air. Back to back. Obama would be fun. Yeah, um, about Josh McDaniels being an intern at the White House. I'm not going to get into That's how cool. we got on the subject, but it was it was very funny. Right, nice. All right, so thank you. So my quarterback, I said it's very crucial. And actually, I was on the fantasy alarm with Howard Bender and SiriusXM earlier this Beam week. Dropper. And we were talking about, you know, how important it is to figure out who you imagine getting to the Super Bowl because you got to get those Super Bowl picks right because you get double points there. And I said, I think my NFC representative, and again, this isn't shocking, um, but I think the Saints are my NFC representative Drew to get Brees. the Super Bowl. So my quarterback is, in fact, Drew Brees. Now, I know he has let fantasy owners down for a good portion of the season. In fact, he is one of the worst fantasy quarterbacks out there for a stretch of about six weeks in the last third of the season. However, I think he turns it on for the playoffs. I think he's a guy that is going to be very crucial to the Saints' success. Remember, Alvin Kamara catches a lot of passes. Mark Ingram will catch passes. And Michael Thomas had one of the best. I mean, we don't talk about this enough, and we will as we get to – you know, get into the offseason, we'll get into pros versus Joe's, we'll get into redraft season. Michael Thomas is going to be a slam dunk first-round pick next year, and he's going to be a high first-round pick, in my opinion. 1,400-plus yards, like 120 catches, something insane like that. First-team All-Pro, he was awesome. Quarterback that was throwing to him the entire season was Drew Brees, and I guess Taysom Hill for a handful of plays. But I will say this about Drew Brees. I think this, is, this could be his year, and I'm not going to make a Super Bowl prediction yet, but I will say I think the Saints win the NFC Championship, get to the Super Bowl, and Drew Brees is my Saint. That's nice. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, that was quarterback. Would you like to do running back, receiver? Let's or do running back. Okay. Ball. All right. Um, I'm going to give my chalk running back away here. I know he's not on your team. I happen to side with Joe Conti and a lot of what he was saying about Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley is my chalk running back. You know, you need – you can't be super different on all your picks. I'm going to be super different about a couple of mine for sure. This is not one of them. I have Todd Gurley as my number one running back. Well, since you're mentioning Gurley and you're mentioning that team, I'm going to give you my here we go ultra sleeper C.J. Anderson. Buckle up. Gurley just said he's not 100. percent His knees not 100. percent Right. I'm trying. I'm not trying to win 200 bucks or right. 400 bucks or whatever. Actually, I'm not trying to win it all because this is fake line. But I'm trying to win 200 grand. There's always some sort of quirky crap that goes on. You know, all Gurley needs to do is a come out and be limited, or B, come out and play and get dinged up, or C, play even a full game and then get dinged up the week after. Anything can happen. Anderson has proved he's a top-caliber back. Even if Gurley plays, let's just say the Rams actually make it to the Super Bowl. Okay. So they're playing three games max, right, because they have a week one box. Right. right. So even if Gurley plays one game and Anderson does, like, nothing, and he plays in the first quarter of the second game and then he gets dinged up or hurt, Anderson now could have potentially one and three quarters games and outperform Gurley for that period of time. High risk, high reward. You, may, you might not even say it's a high risk. I mean, I think it's worth it. If you're maybe, granted, this is my one pick team, but if you have like eight or ten teams, I think putting an Anderson team in is kind That's of worth it. That's a must. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, my next running back, again, I don't think this is uh, shocking, but he won a lot of people fantasy uh, titles the last few weeks of the season. And I, this is another team, Dave, that I think gets a road win in, on wildcard weekend. And I think it's due to the running style and, and running ability and catching the ball style of one Chris Carson for the Seattle Seahawks. So he is my second running back. You know, actually, I really love the Chris Carson pick, and I really want to try and put Carson in there because I, when you have the Seahawks, you have Russell Wilson, you have Carson, the great coaching staff. And this is a team that really could go all the way. And I, I – 
I, I, I know that the odds aren't that great. I just I love Seattle. I love the organization. And I think Carson's a great. They always yeah. give him the ball inside the five. So I, I like that pick a lot. Um, okay, let's shift shift our focus real quick. Just just but Tampa, I didn't get him in there for season long next year. I can't imagine that the Seahawks do too much different at running back. You know, McKissick, whatever, Procise, whatever, Mike Davis, whatever, Rashad Penny, and Chris Carson next year. Where do you draft Chris Carson? If you're drafting in a 2019 league right now, is he a third round pick? Does that seem right? I'd say like fourth. Fourth? Probably. Okay. Third right. or fourth. I mean, he's a great player, but you still have to deal with the penny coming on type thing. And he have, they have a lot more draft capital in him. However, they, they have not shown they, – they don't seem like they care. They're just going to give the right. ball to the better player. And Carson is that player right now. Yeah. Um, back to the playoff challenge. You're number two running back. Uh, I'm going with Zeke Elliott. That's okay. a little bit of a chalky play, but that's all right. I mean, I, I Same game. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you think the Cow- you obviously think the Cowboys win that game then? I think they, I mean I think they have a fifty fifty shot, but I also think Elliott has now Grant Heights Jankowski, but I, I think they have a little bit better than fifty fifty shot. They're favorites, I believe. And uh by two Yeah. And uh Elliott, I think even if they lose, he might have a twenty point game. So he that's should. actually solid. Just like Ertz. I feel like if they lose, at least they'll have a probably a good game on the way out. Um I, and how I was talking about when we're Howard Bender and I were previewing this game, I said this is one of those games that I think is going to be an energy. Like it's going, it, it seems like it's a great matchup, two evenly balanced teams. This like this game might not be all that fun to watch because it's going to be a ton of running. It's going to be a ton of defense. Give me the under, even if it's at seventeen. <laughs> no, quite that low, but yeah, it won't be that low. But all right, so that's uh, my number two running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Where are you going next? Let's go receiver. Wide receiver. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, you make it fast possible. Okay, I'll make it fast. Is everybody no, no, asleep? No, I'm just saying. Keenan Allen is my number one receiver. I believe the Chargers get the win on the road, seven and one on the road this season, uh, making their first, uh, making a start against Lamar Jackson, making his first career playoff start. I think the Chargers find a way to get it done. This is one of the best teams, not just in the AFC but in the NFL. They were almost the number one seed in the AFC because of the NFL's archaic structure of the playoffs. They dropped from the number one seed to the number five seed. I think they find a way to get it done. And give me two games of, of Keenan Allen. Could be more. And I don't know how high owned he's going to be given that Melvin Gordon's on the same team. I like Keenan Allen. Not bad. I didn't take any Chargers, by the way. So obviously, it's Ooh. Not I took DeAndre Hopkins as my number one receiver. And uh, it's because he's DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I have to say much more about it. No, you don't. And uh, my number two receiver, Dave, DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah. By the way, I didn't take any goals either. No goals. He, he's going to have uh, a large target share. I know he's dinged up a little bit, but especially if that turns into a shootout, man, it's going to be a lot of action for DeAndre Hopkins. He's my number two receiver. Who's your number two receiver? Uh, Michael Thomas says he took Drew Brees. I'm taking the guy that Drew Brees throws to like a zillion times a game. Uh, I think he'll have a I think there's a chance that you know that even if they play a bunch of games, Thomas could even score in the neighborhood of brief. Uh, let's move on here, Dave, to our tight end. Who is your tight end? I have a feeling I know who it's it Earth. is. Zachary. Oh, okay. Um, and you mentioned that earlier. I think yep, you did. I did. Yeah, Only I one tight end, and that's Earth. I have two tight ends. My number one tight end, one Travis Kelsey. I have Travis Kelsey. I don't think that there needs to be much explanation. He was the number one tight end all season long, tight end premium format. And I believe that the uh, Chiefs get to the – I believe the Chiefs, Dave, get to the AFC championship game. I believe they get there. Football. I don't believe they won oh, it. All right. Well, that's interesting. So that is my number one tight end. Your number uh, – your number – yeah, your first flex. I, uh, we may have the same here. I have Edelman. We definitely do not. Should I reveal my Patriot? Sure, go for it. 
There's one guy in the FFPC playoff challenge that always seems to rise to the challenge in the playoffs every single year. I am not betting against it this year. I am betting that it will happen again. James White is going to go on a crazy run. No Josh Gordon, aging Edelman, aging Gronkowski. I think they ride James White, aging Brady Arm, by the way. I think they ride James White. I think he crushes it all the way, Dave, into the Super Bowl. Where I, I love am, it. I am projecting a Patriots-Saints Super Bowl where I will have Drew Brees and James White. Kevin, you know what's funny? You know what's so sad about the Patriots-Saints Super Bowl? Is seeing the tears come down Drew Brees' former mole over the right side right. of his face. Tears of, tears of joy. As, when, as Brady maybe. wins yet another one. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that? And he and his supermodel wife jet off into the sunset. Right. So some coast of France. Anyway, um... You're so, not, you're, uh, so in your number one flex was Edelman. Who's your number two flex? I went with Tyreek the Freak. Tyreek the Freak is your chief. And here's my my uh, my uh, other not shocking pick. I don't think the Colts are going to be able to run against the Texans. I think they are going to struggle. A guy who has really not struggled on the Colts all season long, who had a career year, who is going to the Pro Bowl, and who had hands of stone prior to 2018 – was Eric Ebron. Yeah, baby. Things have changed. Eric Ebron, tight end premium format, regardless of what happens in that game, I'm loving having Ebron or DeAndre Hopkins in the second round uh, in this contest. So Ebron is my number two flex. You know, the Colts situation, Ebron, Hilton, or Marlon Mack, actually, he's also had, he's had a bunch of 30-point okay. games. Right. The issue with Mack is, and, and John Hansen and Adam Kaplan said this uh, uh, this morning on, on Fantasy Football Morning on Sirius XM Radio, which, by the way, John Hansen says today is his favorite day of the year. Does that make any sense to you? No. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kaplan pointed out, he's like, I'm, in, I'm staying away from Marlon Mack. Like, John Hansen loved Marlon Mack. Yeah. But Kaplan said he's staying away. He's like, look, this is not a – you can't really run at um, Houston. Wow. And Marlon Mack, this, earlier this season, did not do anything. Uh, when, when he It was like 14 carries for like 30 yards oh, or something so, like that. So one game sample size. That Two games. Sample. They, they play him twice. Well, regardless. I, I, I don't have Mack in this, but I think that he could actually – he's right. had some big games. Okay. I think he could do all right. Well, so I think he's a big lead early. John Hansen's analysis was, yeah, the, the Colts are going to take Marlon Mack's ass. They're going to run his ass right down the ass, right up the ass of the Texans. Uh, ass, you know, that guy in using the <laughs> ass word it's over and over again. It's insane. Oh, that's right. Um, so anyway, so I am staying away from Marlon Mack. You're right. I mean, he could be a pick-to-win type guy. He could blow up here uh, not only this weekend, but if the Colts are fortunate enough to win to move on uh, and blow up next weekend. So just to recap our rosters here real quick for everybody to, who just fast-forwarded to the end. No one cares. Uh, Drew, I have Drew Brees as my quarterback. Running backs are Todd Gurley. Chris Carson and James White. Receivers are Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Tight ends, Eric Ebron, Travis Kelsey. Justin uh, Tucker is my kicker, and defense is the Chicago Bears. Dave? Uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, C.J. Anderson, or if you don't have any balls, you can take Todd Gurley. (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julian Edelman, Tyreek Hill, Zachary, Sebastian Janikowski, and the Bears defense. That's going to win you... Yeah, maybe your money back. Well, we'll see. Do you want to put five on our lineups? And, yeah, and I'll, sure. have, I'll have Rob uh, tabulate these. Yeah, uh, yeah that sounds good. That'll be fun. I got five on my playoff challenge lineup. I got five I got on my Yeah, this is, uh, is uh, going to be interesting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, this is going to do it for our extended show tonight. I want to thank Joe Conti, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Now, Dave, programming note, I believe you are off next week again. Yes, I will be in Las Vegas with Farrell and Drew Maselli. Oh, really? 
Yeah, we'll be watching. KFFC, we'll be watching the game. Yeah, KFFC Commissioner Farrell Elliott, and of course uh, Drew Maselli, one half of the team jam Ricky Vaughn in the FFC. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna see how many write-offs I can pick up just by because they're technically customers. You you are out there for this is not an FFPC thing. I'm actually is. out there for CES, the Consumer Electronics right. Show, where it's okay. me and a bunch of like 150,000 nerds. All right. So now, Dave, you are one of the treasures of this show. Obviously, you cannot be replaced by one person on this show. I'm so sure this next will be better than normal. next week. With me, with yours truly, the pros versus Joes, overall champs, bringing the uh, the title back to the Joes, Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs will be co-hosting with me next week uh, in Dave's stead. Uh, remember to check out rotobiz.com slash podcast, the Irtages, Badewala, and Harshal Sheth on the high stakes lowdown. Can we get a count on how many teams are left in the playoff challenge, Dave? Uh, uh, working on it. You're working on it. Two hundred and twenty-seven. Two hundred and twenty-seven. Good luck to everybody. Go register for that world famous playoff challenge. Get to the playoff challenge mini. We'll have that uh, sent out to you sometime tonight or early tomorrow morning. Enjoy the playoffs. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the All right, thanks for talking over that. That was great. No one cares about listening to the, the Blow the Whistle like too short. What? Everybody loves Seriously, you know how many... By like, the way, that's a great song, but right. I mean, they've heard it. But I'm just getting, like, on Twitter, on emails, I get a lot the, of feedback the that they love that... That they love that... Um, I like that song. I, I, dude, I love too short. Rob and I need to work on that, get together and, and get that fixed. <laughs> uh, final question from the chat room. Uh, Bourbon City Ballers wants to know, what's the high-stakes fantasy football hour schedule for the next blank months? Uh, every Friday night. 226 now. For me, it oh. will be every Friday night. <laughs> For Dave, it will be eh, one out of every Whatever. three weeks. I don't, no, think I, I don't think I'm leaving. I think I'm around. No, you, yeah, I, you won't be on next week. There is a Friday coming up where um, you and I are both not around, but we will have a pre-recorded show that week. Actually, you will not be on it. But we still will be doing every Friday night going forward year-round. That's, that's the plan. And uh, if anything changes, we'll let you know. But uh, we're here from you. There's going to be a lot of playoff talk, a lot of dynasty talk coming up. Uh, so that is where we are at on that. And good luck in the playoff challenge, everybody. We certainly appreciate you listening. Have a very happy, fun, and enjoyable wild card weekend. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what? We're past it? <laughs> I need a drink. Happy New Year. <laughs>